Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new edition of Virtues Rage with Jargo right here on TheBigVitoBrand.com. And I am Virtue being joined by, of course, Jargo. What's up, man? What's going on, my friend? You know, I got to tell you, after watching the last week in professional wrestling, I've done like eight podcasts since the last time we talked. But this one, this is the one I was looking forward to because... It might be Virtue's rage, but Jargo's got some rage this week, too. There's a few things I want to talk about, and I think I know what you're going to rage about. So before we get to that, let's talk about WWE and Karrion Cross, who is the NXT champion, Triple H's little group of developmental, you know, however WWE looks at them, and they got their little cult following, and he's been teased up on the main roster recently. I think he did something on main event. They stripped down his full entrance. I think took Scarlett away. Um, Finally, he debuted as the NXT champion on Raw this past Monday night. No Scarlett. And he faced Jeff Hardy, who had been booked to lose quite a bit of matches for a while. You know, the whole thing with Jeff Hardy the last several months, fans, Oh, I want his new, his no more words or whatever that entrance theme of his. I, I want that back. I want that back. Okay, I get it. You, fans love an entrance theme. Okay, whatever. But he was losing matches. Well, he, he, Jeff got that entrance theme back finally on Raw, right? Crowd in attendance again. He beat Karrion Cross in about two minutes. Rumors all over. You know, you never know what to believe. Like, is it, are they, is it Vince McMahon sending a message? What do you think here? I know they don't always, wins and losses don't always matter. But this is the NXT champion who is undefeated. And then, you know, Jeff is, you know, future Hall of Famer. But uh, I'm kind of, I, I don't really know what to say here. I guess I'm going to look for some, somebody else's opinion here before I maybe formulate my own. I'm, I'm still baffled. I, I, I wish I had a good explanation for this. I, most of the time when WWE does stupid things, I can at least look at it objectively and say, okay, this is what they were trying to do. In this instance, I don't even get what they were trying to do. Um, Jeff Hardy, 2-12 and 12 over the course of the last year in singles matches, and he goes out and he beats the undefeated NXT champion on Monday Night Raw in two minutes with his feet on the ropes. I, yeah, like he's a baby face. Like, that's the part that's getting lost here, right? Is like, was this a Jeff Hardy heel turn? I, I don't get it. I, I just, I don't get. It. You could have done that with any number of guys in the back and protected Karrion Cross. I'm not even a Karrion Cross fan. I, I like I he didn't do anything for me in Impact. He doesn't do anything for me down in NXT. But I'm looking at this from in a little bit bigger perspective. So you mean to tell me Jeff Hardy can beat Karrion Cross in two minutes? What does that say about Samoa Joe? Because Samoa Joe got choked out by Karrion Cross last week. And now Samoa Joe seems to be coming for Karrion Cross. Like so you mean to tell me that Jeff Hardy could beat Samoa Joe in two minutes? Because I don't believe that in is any this, way, shape, or form. Is this a disconnect with Vince McMahon and Triple H with what NXT is, which maybe to Vince McMahon, they're just bodies. But yet when they're in NXT, they're treating them like they're going to become the next stars. I have to say, we have to consider that 
that is could be a very big possibility that there is just a disconnect and Vince McMahon doesn't get NXT. He looks at, he, you know, we, I've heard talking with Vince Russo and other people and hearing like Jim Cornette, you know, Vince McMahon does things weird and quirky. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been known to tell wrestlers losses don't matter. You know, well, I'll make a career out of you. I mean, Razor Ramon lost a one, two, three kid, but look what happened. One, two, three kid became pretty good. Sean Waltman. So I don't know. Vince McMahon is a quirky being and he is successful as a wrestling promoter. So even he is based on his overall history. Is he? Yes. I mean, I mean, and I say that because like people want to talk about how bad WWE is now. And it's like, you know what? Go back and watch the early days of the WWF. It wasn't that good then either. Like he had about a five year run with Stone Cold Steve Austin on top. That was money. And he's still living off of that legacy. But, you know, he's had the company since the early 80s. So in 40 years, he had about five good years. And we seem to think that he's a genius. And I, I just I don't get it. Well, then, OK, if, it, if, if maybe wrestling promoter is the wrong thing to say, what about businessman? Because he Absolutely. bought his dad's company and it's it's billions of dollars now. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I guess if you draw a line between to distinguish those two, then, OK, maybe it makes sense. So maybe wrestling promoter wise, he got lucky. But business-wise, he's marketed WWE to people that will spend money. And, and yes, now right. it's hurting them because, you know, it's pretty much only casual fans left. And we know what the casual fans want, and that's what they want. It's not what they're forced to like. Well, I mean, the casual fans didn't even know that Bill Goldberg was going to be on Raw Monday night. I mean, like, where was the big Goldberg chant before Keith Lee came out? Yes. Oh, oh, it didn't exist, you know? So I th- I think that really, more than anything, spoke to the volume of the casual fan being a WWE fan and the hardcore fans are more into AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, Sean Ross Sapp, who, you know, did his bro, you know, and I don't know, it's always reportedly. Fightful, right? Isn't that yeah. where he's at? Yeah, yeah. And CM Punk, the rumor is he's interested in coming back. All right, here's the thing. When he left wrestling, until the wrestler passes away, they're always interested in coming back. They might take a long hiatus because of injury, personal or whatever. Unless they pass away, they always come back or think about coming back. So this whole CM Punk thing is not news to me. I figured at some point he's going to strike a huge deal. Somebody would pay him, right, whether it's Tony Khan Vince McMahon, right? But the question is, he it's more than money to him, I think. Mm-hmm. Again, a, just opinion here. He wants creative freedom and control because of how his run in WWE went. He knew he got himself over with the mic. He got his fan base. And he was, you know, he had his fan base before then when he had the longer hair of the straight edge society. But he made a lot of money when Vince McMahon finally said, Hey, you're in my main event. But we know how politics play. So what's your take here on CM Punk? Like, I think he'll come back for somewhere, sometime, someplace, because that's what wrestlers do. Even though, you know, he did make some money getting his butt kicked in UFC, right? That obviously didn't last, but he made a couple bucks doing it. He writes comics, I hear. You know, he's fine. He probably is good with his money. He's married to a wrestler that probably saved her money as well. So he doesn't have to come back. But what do you think now? The Internet's buzzing. And that's one thing he's great at is getting a buzz on the Internet because he came up around the time when Internet fans were smart to everything. And what's your take 
on this rumor of CM Punk, and if he does come back, where? I have a, a interesting relationship with CM Punk because I fell out of professional wrestling right around 2001, 2002. And CM Punk single-handedly brought me back into the world of professional wrestling. He was the first thing that I had seen in years that I was like, that's my dude. I like was that this guy. the Ring of Honor days or the start of it? Maybe it was it was right towards the end of Ring of Honor when he signed his WWE contract okay. on gotcha. top of the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. I mean, it was yeah. like, OK, I'm intrigued by this guy like this dude gets it, whatever it is. Right. Yep. Yep. And so I, I was always a CM Punk fan and I was not surprised at all when he made it, you know, to the main event even though it wasn't of WrestleMania, which was always one of his big complaints. Yeah. Now, I don't know if there is the demand for CM Punk. Like there would be the intrigue around a CM Punk return, but it's been seven years. He's now in his mid forties. I, I just, I don't know, but I think people would be excited for the first match, but would they be as excited after that and i another name to kind of talk about inside of the same conversation is brian danielson who's yes. also reported with aew yeah. and i think he's a great example because everybody wins we, we got to get brian back in the ring if we could just get brian cleared think of all these great matches he could have and then he got cleared and people lost their minds and it was great and within about six months he was you know in the middle of the smackdown card and nobody seemed to care anymore and they were turning him heel so he could kind of go off about it he now i did enjoy that run he had as the earth champion or whatever the that he dropped it to kofi i yep. feel that was too short though and he did have some momentum as a heel there but wwe and again, look at wrestling. The, the people, like back when CM Punk was in WWE, they were still doing three, three and a half million viewers. They're yeah. half that. WWE is half that right now. Now, that was the beginning of the network era, right? And, you know, streaming got bigger and clips on Twitter and YouTube. So things have changed. But I know some people are like CM Punk, the bloom is off the rose or whatever. Mm -hmm. If he comes back, a quick pop and nostalgia, intrigue, and then it'll die away. I have to see it to believe it. Like I'm more of the fact that if it creates a buzz, at least that's interesting, whether it lasts or not, I don't care about at this point. I just want the damn buzz because I know he can bring that. So like I was kind of arguing on Twitter a little bit. A lot of people are for punk and thinks it would be cool if he shows up in AEW. I'm kind of thinking he could move the needle a little bit. Some people are saying, nope, wrestling will never change. It's all contingent on Vince McMahon, Tony Khan, and they're creative, which probably is true. But look, Punk got put in the news today, and my Twitter feed kind of blew up. I, I guess mean, the, I, you know. the thing that's probably fueling this more than anything forever, Punk's name on Twitter has been Coach. Yes. Now it says Player Coach. And Absolutely. I think that's probably what really sparked people's interest here. I feel like the thing with Punk, though, is... If, if this would have happened two years ago when AEW started, yeah. I think the feeling would be a little bit different. But amongst those people that are CM Punk fans, people that have followed him for years, I almost wonder if at this point, if he returns, if people are going to resent it. Because he let him down. 
because he let him down by abandoning the business. And well, and if he does come back, he's going to be everything that he hated. He's going to be a part-timer. He's going to come in for big shows. You know, it, he's going to be pushing the, the younger talent, the Darby Allens back down the card. Like he's everything now that he always railed against then. And I wonder what that dynamic is going to be like, unless you bring him in as a heel and like, you just bring him in in like a suit and tie and be like, this is my character now. Could he and Daniel Bryan come back as, as heel veterans? Maybe, maybe be baby faces at first, sell some t-shirts, but then be that like, Hey, this is our spot, but really be used to get that next generation over. Who's really getting the next year. We talked about this on getting color or not. Um, men of business, who really is getting that next generation over? Somebody has to. We need some wrestlers that have a little bit of traction to finally do it. Nobody's doing it. As much as people want to rail on Cody, that's what Cody's doing. Cody got Darby Allen over. Like, unquestionably, Darby Allen wasn't nearly the star that he was before he went to AEW and he had that feud with Cody. We're seeing guys like Ethan Page in the main event of AEW. Like, we're seeing that younger generation. I think AEW has done a surprisingly good job at elevating young talent and making good use of veterans. But at a certain point, there's too many veterans. See, when I say over... It's not to that crowd they're playing in front of, like Orange Cassidy, you know, the people that know him, love him. I mean casual fans. Like, think about this. If when CM Punk was last in WWE and they had double the TV audience, right? that means there's one and a half million, I don't know, just say that probably, or at least a million, that aren't watching now that watched then. And I don't know if you'd call them casuals or maybe some are diehard. That's where I want to see if Punk can bring some of them back. John Cena showed up and Raw almost did 2 million. And I know it's baby steps. They really didn't promote Cena, but like that, that was a quick 300,000 gain. That's something when your numbers are so low, that's actually a significant chunk compared to the old ratings. It's nothing, but I don't know. It's like, I need to see and it all. And the promoters need to let them do their thing too. You can't bring him back in like Christian Cage. I know he was never a big draw, but what has he done in, in AEW? Not, nothing. It was come back, looks like you're going to do something, and then nothing. You you know what I mean? Well, I, I think the thing with Christian, number one, Christian is still undefeated inside of AEW. I think at some point he's going to get fed to Kenny Omega, and then he's en- going to end up turning heel. Like all the seeds yeah. are planted for a Christian heel turn. But he has done a hell of a job with Jungle Boy. I mean, I got to give him credit there. Like he is actually helping get jungle boy over and it's planting the seeds for the Christian heel turn. So I'm, I'm not quite as down on that one. Like Matt Hardy, I'm way more down on Matt Hardy than I am on Christian at this point. What about Miro? I think Rusev has completely reinvented himself inside of AEW. He's still undefeated. He's the TNT champion. Um, I, I think they're building Miro to be a legitimate heel world title contender to a babyface Hangman Page. Hangman's a guy I'd like to see finally get to that star level, right? And Darby Allen. So to me, them looking like they're getting elevated within that fan base that already likes that, that doesn't show anything to me. I want to see people that might have watched wrestling five years ago. I mean, even longer, but let's just go back five years. 
that stopped, I want to see them come back. And I want to have discussions with people that ask me questions because they don't normally watch. I do. I've lost that. Like the only people I talk to about wrestling are the people that watch it. Right. You know, now here, this is interesting. So we're talking about guys showing up and we'll, we'll see. I'm sure we're going to discuss CM Punk and Daniel Bryan again, but well, we had let, to like, let me ask you yeah. this before we move on from punk. Yeah. What happened on Monday night raw with Goldberg coming out and telling Bobby Lashley I'm next. If CM Punk would come walking out tonight on AEW Dynamite and get in Kenny Omega's face and do the same exact thing, is it really any different at this point? Not necessarily. Well, no, you're right. But why do they have to do it that way? Be creative. If if Punk comes back, Tony Khan, whoever, get Jim Ross involved, people with the business experience – you can find something really cool and creative to create a buzz. It doesn't have to be tied to I'm coming to take your championship belt. And it doesn't have to be CM Punk bashing WWE either. I just feel the creativity has, has been lost in wrestling. And if Punk comes back, you could say Brian to an extent goes to AEW. Maybe I can see some something different new because Right, Jericho's tried to reinvent himself all these years. Now it seems like he's kind of become complacent. But remember that Jericho New Japan run? We talked about that with Kenny Omega. That was excellent. That was that type of thing in a weird, other convoluted way is what I want to see Punk do wherever he shows up. Whatever Jericho did with Omega, to me, that was magic in New Japan. So therefore, that was kind of recently, within the last couple of years, I feel that something cool like that can still be done. And that's what the pressure as a fan I'm putting on a CM Punk if he does come back. With with Punk, I think I would do something completely different. I think I would have a big press conference, announce the signing of CM Punk, bring him out, let him address the fan. Like, don't do a surprise return. Just straight up tell people, we have signed CM Punk and he will be here on this day to address the fans for the first time and actually advertise it instead of what they did with Cross and what they did with Goldberg, where surprises in professional wrestling, I feel are so incredibly overdone. Like there is a time and a place for them, but with something like a CM Punk, I announce we're doing a major press conference. We want all the wrestling media here. You're going to want to be here for this. You cannot miss this. This is earth shattering news and then bring out CM Punk. Yep. No, that's a good, that's a good point. They should absolutely do that. No impact. <laughs> I know you're a new Japan guy. Yes. At the end of Slammiversary, the switchblade, Jay White shows up. <sighs> Take it from there because I like him. So to me, with him being here on American TV in any shape or form is a plus for me because it's, you know, a little bit easier for me to keep track of. But what he like as a New Japan guy and you know what his capabilities are, which you already know I like him. Um, tell me about this from Jargo's point of view. There's two different ways to look at this, right? I mean, number one, I can look at the creative direction and what happened and where they're going, and I love it. 
Um, for, for those who do not listen to my new Japan show, Destino, a new Japan pro wrestling podcast, here is a spoiler for what happened when Slammiversary went off of the air. Jay White comes out, he gets in the ring, he's opposite Kenny Omega, the good brothers throw up a two sweet impact cuts the feed. What happened is Finn Juice, Juice Robinson and David Finley, who is going to be facing Jay White for the IWGP Never Openweight Championship at Resurgence, the first New Japan Strong event, comes out, attacks Jay White. Jay White takes them both out because he's a badass motherfucker like that. The Good Brothers and Kenny Omega retreat as that chaos is happening in the ring. Very well done from Impact Wrestling's perspective. They have a huge cliffhanger going into this Thursday show. It should move some numbers, but I mean, you know, if I tune in, that's moving numbers for Impact Wrestling. Yes. Um, then there's the business aspect to look at this from number one, Impact Wrestling's perspective. Like this is an absolute coup for them. And I, I, I do not understand how Impact Wrestling is still in business. And that's not a rip against the talent. That's not a rip against the creative. Their business model is awful. They're on a terrible network. There's no advertising except for other shows that air on Access TV. There's no television distribution rights fee. I don't know literally how Impact Wrestling is in business. I don't know how they're making any money. Does Anthem still own them? Is there some yes. type of, are they being produced for content for something? Like the Fight app or something that, is it just like content? I have to pay off? I guess, but I, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. If they would have done exactly what they did at Slammiversary on AEW television, you are talking a difference of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of pay-per-view buys. Like from a business perspective, this doesn't make any sense to me from an AEW perspective, from an Impact Wrestling perspective, or from a New Japan Pro Wrestling perspective. Because here's my fear. This is going to make Jay White a babyface. You put Jay White opposite of Kenny Omega right now, Jay White is going to be a babyface. The people are going to cheer Jay White, and I don't want to see people cheer Jay White. He's a dirty, slime ball, evil, conniving, you just want to punch him in the face, dirty knife pervert. Like that is at his core who Jay White is. I don't want to cheer that person. But against Kenny Omega, right now, I will. Yeah. And I think that hurts New Japan. Yeah, I mean, do they look at it that way? You think they care what goes on with their wrestlers in the States? Or do they just figure, go do whatever you want to do over here, you're still going to... I don't know. I mean, either way, is it worth a shit? I mean, like, either they don't care or they're completely dropping the ball. Like, either way, it's bad. It's just, which is worse. Well, wrestling fans that are still the diehard wrestling fans with apps and streaming services and all that. I mean, there's New Japan, even though it's minuscule, there's Impact, there's AEW, there's WWE slash NXT, even Ring of Honor still out there. There's a lot of wrestling for fans to watch, but those are the fans that are going to always watch. I How just about wanna, this? I want to see casuals come back so bad. In that era of 
everybody's knows the dirt sheets. Everybody's getting the backstage news. Everybody knows who's going where. I mean, we're talking about CM Punk potentially going to AEW. We're talking about Daniel Bryan potentially re-becoming the American Dragon, Bryan Danielson, and going to AEW. In a world where everybody knows everything, nobody knew that Jay White was going to show up at Slammiversary. That's a good point. Nobody. Because Jay White is that good at his job. And and I like him. And I like you know, granted if if his best success means to keep working in New Japan and just doing limited stuff over here, I'm all fine and dandy with that. I know some wrestlers do want to do North America and you know for a couple of years. I mean, we see Nakamura over here now. Um, oh, we'll see were, what happens. If you were starting a wrestling company today, brand new, and you could build your dream roster, but you have to draft against Tony Khan and Vince McMahon. So it's going to be like a WWE NFL style draft, but you have the first pick. You are the Jacksonville Jaguars. Switchblade Jay White, the number one pick, because I have a hard time picking anybody else. Gosh. Yeah. I mean. Total package. The look. The, yes, the, the, the I, I mean, promo, because I'm trying work. to think of younger guys like in any of the other federations now or well, promotions. Jason, I would like 27. Yeah, like if I'm not taking like somebody already super established, like Roman Reigns, you know, and that's out of the, you know, it's starting like younger, youthful. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of somebody else. And I've liked this guy for several years now probably since he first came into the new Japan scene and got mixed up with the bullet club. So, you know, some people like virtue. Why would you like a guy like switch? That's out of your character. You like Lesnar's and Reigns's, And I couldn't explain to them, but six years ago, I said, I liked Roman and everybody laughed at me. And now Roman's in a good spot. It just took WWE a long time to figure that out. So there's something I'm drawn to that I can't explain about Jay White. So that that's it. That's it. I, he even had it when he was a young lion over at the New Japan Dojo. He had it at Ring of Honor when he was rocking a mohawk and he was a white meat babyface Kiwi crusher. And then when he came to, back to New Japan from Excursion, we're seeing these dark vignettes and the switchblade. And I thought it was Sammy Callahan. I thought it was going to be somebody like that. Yeah. And Jay White comes walking out and it's like, you, no, like this is not going to work. He ends up winning the IWGP world heavyweight championship. And everybody's like, it's way too soon. This is not going to work. He ends up taking over the bullet club. This is not going to work. He's too young. He He's not ready for it. All he does is get himself over. I mean, like every time, every time, regardless of the situation, all he does is get himself over because he's that good and well-rounded, like is a complete package he is something I've always said. He reminds me of Jean-Paul Levesque. And now I see that he's starting to turn into triple H. Like now as he gets older and he figures out more psychology, he's turning into the game. New Japan's always good with that. When they lose like their Westerners back, like, you know, when AJ Styles left when Kenny Omega left, they always have coincidentally, it's always the leader of the bullet club. And then they get the next iteration of it. And now Jay White is like that guy and they're always new japan's always good with keeping their product fresh when wrestlers leave them 
like so, like the Westerners more. Well, I, know yeah, Jay, you, I know Jay White's New thing. Zealand, but yeah. That's the thing though, right? Like you say it's always the leader of the Bullet Club. Well, it makes sense because yeah. it's the guy gene leaving the country. Like that makes total sense why it would be the leader of the Bullet Club. Well, great discussion. I mean, we got to save more for next week. You know, I mean, we could go on. We, we do so many podcasts. We got to kind of keep this short and sweet. So with that said, we will see how this news with CM Punk develops as time goes on, or if it was just a fart in church by Mr. Sap on Fightful. But go ahead and anything you want to plug or promote. There is an all-new episode of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, just dropped earlier today. You can find that over at DestinoPod.com. We're talking all about Summer Struggle, as well as previewing Wrestle Grand Slam inside of the Tokyo Dome. And tonight, if you're sitting around and you're looking for something to do, ladies and gentlemen, find me over at Riot Rob's Retro Show. We're going to be doing Kiss 1974 to 1979. I am excited because they're my favorite band of all time and i'm more excited because rad rob hates kiss so this is gonna be an absolute blast virtue what do you got going on that'll be interesting so obviously right here on the big veto brand.com i do getting color with veto we do men of business you myself and veto and of course we do virtues rage and you can follow me on twitter if you dare at no dq underscore virtue yeah i do some stuff over on that website too no dq.com but this has been virtues rage right here on the bigvetobrand.com for Jargo. I am Virtue. Thanks for listening or watching, and we will be back to do this again next time. Later.